I'm having a really hard time uh, communicating with my husband. This is, um, it's never been easy since we got married, but divorce was brought right on the table first day we got married. So it's been really hard. Later on, I learned that, you know, he was using that move or that, you know, that the D word um, to hurt me. Hey, that's Kaylee, and we're going to hear the rest of her story in just a moment. You know, 2022 is here, but we bring the hurts and pains from 2021 into this new year. They don't stop when the ball drops in New York. And so uh, welcome to a day of uh, 30 minutes of encouragement from Intentional Living, 30 minutes reminding us that God has a a plan for our lives and marriage, and we're going to get to that as well. Love to have you be a part of it. If you have a comment, you can leave it on our comment line at 888 1717. So let's listen to the rest of uh, Kaylee's call. Um, I'm having a really hard time uh, communicating with my husband. This is, um, it's never been easy since we got married, but divorce was brought right on the table first day we got married. So it's been really hard. Later on, I learned that, you know, he was using that move or that, you know, that the D word um, to hurt me. And it's just been really hard to recover and to, like, renew, you know, just try to renew our relationship every day, um, just trying to forgive them. Mm-hmm. Is it in his heart, in your heart, to make this marriage work? Absolutely. But for both of you? For both of us, yes. I mean, I, I really do believe that, you know, we, we want, you know, a happy marriage where we can love each other for the rest of our lives. So early on, things were said, the D word, as you said, used very damaging to your spirit, to your heart. And uh, he knows that? He recognizes that now? Yeah, we we had um, probably, you know, within the last, you know, 10 months, it's been used over a dozen times. And, you know, he admitted to me that, you know, he mm. would say it to hurt my feelings. Wow. Hey, listen. Know. Hey, listen, Kaylee. Let me jump in here. Um, what I heard you say is he recognizes it, but it sounds like you're saying he also continues to do it. Somewhere along the line, he learned that he could control you, and he probably, if we went back and looked into history, we, we may find that that was a pattern of, of how he was raised, allowing that kind of manipulation. And, and so I don't know his heart, and I, I'm making the assumption on the day you get married, your heart is you want to make the marriage work, and then the first thing you face that's a challenge, even on, even on your wedding day, uh, it's easy to fall back into old patterns. And, and l- let me just say this, Kaylee, that's the kind of thing that will destroy a marriage. I mean, anybody, you've been through, I, I'd love to hear from some of you that had to get that out of your vocabulary. Maybe you just had to wake up to the fact you can't be throwing out the D word in your marriage and expect to have a healthy marriage and how you handled that intentionally. You know, I, I'd, I'd love to hear some of you, how you, how you made that transitioned from that kind of stuff to something that was loving and positive and, and, uh, and moving forward with growth. But Kaylee, here's the deal. As long as you buy into it and allow that to hurt you, now I know it does, but allow it to get the reaction that maybe he's looking for, that sense of control or whatever it is he's facing, you've got you've to throw this back into his court. And I, I would encourage you guys, I mean, you're young in your marriage, to sit down with a counselor and you just very articulate, honey, I love you, but we're, I'm not going through a lifetime of every time something's a problem, you're saying you're divorcing me. I mean, we just can't, you can't live like this. If you say that, I, I take it as that you mean it. And if you mean it, then I want to know what you're going to do about it. Don't come and tell me that you're going to divorce me and then you're not divorcing me. 
Not that I want you to divorce me, but words matter. The scripture is clear that the words of our mouth, the things that we say, can either lift up or bring down. And we need to be more precise. We need to be more intentional, right? To understand that our words matter. They matter a great deal. So I'd confront this early, Kaylee, in your marriage. Get some healing through this process. I hope your husband doesn't really mean it. Sounds like he probably doesn't. But boy, you know, when you bring out the big D word, which, by the way, we've said over years of ministry should never be in our vocabulary. The day we get married, that's it. And as long as it's there, leaving that backdoor option available, commitment becomes a very difficult thing to be intentional about. You know, I, I would, you know, we haven't been through that in, in my own personal experience, but I've worked with lots of couples like you, Kaylee, who have been through this. I'd love to hear some of you who have said maybe to encourage Kaylee, here's how we got past that. Here, here's what we did. So that didn't become an obstacle in moving forward with our marriage. I think Mary's on the line in Michigan. Uh, she has a question. I think a question maybe about a daughter. Let's, uh, let's listen in. Mary, what's your question today? Go ahead. What it is is my daughter has adopted another family as her family. And whenever there's an event or something, you know, really important, graduation or whatever, these people are always there. It seems like they're in the way and they get the credit where credit is not due. Uh, let me see if I understand this. Your daughter, who's now an adult, right? Yes. And she, you use the word adopted. You mean in terms of she has a close relationship and considers them to be family? Yep. She calls them mom and dad, and we're the bio parents, and that's just how it is. Did they help raise her, or did she live with them? No. I raised my daughter, and when we uh, finally left um, the marriage, my children were with me, and when I moved, I lost my son to a drowning accident, and therefore I wasn't fully there for my daughter for a number of years, and I don't know if she holds it against me or what, but that seems to be what always seems to crop up. So when you bring this up, she goes back to that you were not, quote, a good parent to her. Well, evidently, but she doesn't bring it up to me. That's the whole thing. These other people know all about things that happened or didn't happen in some retrospect. Have you talked to your daughter about how you feel or about the... I've tried, yes. And all I get from her is that I am jealous of these people. And <laughs> my grandchildren are calling them grandma and grandpa. Um, I don't get to see my grandkids like I'd like to because I have to share them with these outsiders. And it's not fair and it's not correct. And mm. I don't know where to go. Mm. Hey, listen, Mary, I, I hear your heart as a mother, but let, you know, to be intentional, we've, we've just got to face reality sometimes, and, and you said it. Uh, it sounds like during the years, you weren't there for your daughter. And so she grew into adulthood, taking some of that loss and lack of connection and bonding, frankly, with you, it sounds like, and she turned that into some other relationships, and she's developed the relationship with other people. Uh, who have stepped in and maybe done some of the grandparenting type things that she had hoped you had done and didn't do or wasn't able to do for whatever reason. And so you're facing a reality. You're not going to cha- you are not going to change your daughter. You're not going to build a relationship by stamping your feet and saying this isn't fair. That isn't going to work. Um, what I would encourage you to do, Mary, is to 
work daily, weekly, not in a negative reactionary tone, but toward building a better relationship with your daughter, one-on-one, not, not bringing up these other people. That, that's, that's her business. It's, it's what she's doing. Now, I know it hurts you because you have certain expectations that are not being met. But remember, expectations minus reality equal disappointment. You're experiencing that. But it's possible that your daughter's also experiencing some disappointment as well from over the years that the two of you need to address. And so I wouldn't focus on these other people and it's not fair and, and they're butting in and they're always around. I would really go toward trying to establish a stronger, more intimate, close relationship gently with your daughter. Um, that's, you know, we talk about a brand new year here, Mary. That would be a great goal for you for a challenge for 2019, to know that God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for these relationships. And I would not approach them adversarially or in an adversarial way, rather. I would approach these relationships in a way that you're, you're loving and supportive and trying to, to build a positive connection. Okay? Hey, our phone lines join in. Maybe you're learning how intentional living's made a difference in your life. Or maybe you want to help Kaylee, who's uh, joined us with that great concern about the D word when, when divorce is brought up in marriage or in the case of Mary, boy, maybe you've struggled with that as a, as a grandparent when there's, you don't feel like it's fair how you are connected with or not connected uh, with your family. Tensional living is all about progress, doing the next right one thing. If you want to weigh in, you can call triple eight, triple eight, 1717. And uh, we'll be back with your calls in a minute. You're listening to Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. Coming soon, the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night with Dr. Randy Carlson. Coming to an event like this can just reset your marriage. A lot of laughs. Uh, He is so funny. There's so much wisdom to be learned and gained. It's choosing that intentional love when you don't feel like it. Don't miss the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, Friday, March 1st at New Hope Church in East Lansing and Saturday, March 2nd at the Auburn Hills Christian Center in Metro Detroit at 7 p.m. Register at theintentionallife.com. You know what? We're going to have a fantastic evening and the tickets have been going really quickly and so I'd encourage you to get your tickets bring some friends we're gonna have a fun night a practical night a learning night I don't want to waste your time I want to have you have a great evening and leave and say that was the best investment we could have made for our marriage and that's what's going to happen again as you heard her mention coming up uh, March 1st in East Lansing and then on the second Saturday night in Auburn Hills in Michigan the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Go to theintentionallife.com. I'm going to open the evening by asking the question, is your marriage right now the way you think God intends for it to be? Big question, powerful question. And we're going to go from there to talk about what is God's intention for marriage, how to have the kind of marriage God intended. We're not there to beat you up or put you down. We're going to lift you up and encourage you and laugh and learn and have a great time. Again, get those tickets. This will be a great ministry opportunity to bring some other friends, people who are interested in learning a little bit about marriage and just having a fun evening. 
and uh, bring them with you. Okay, get your tickets. Go to theintentionallife.com. Looking forward to meeting a lot of our friends in the new 93.1 all throughout Metro Detroit area in Auburn Hills. And then, of course, uh, in mid-Michigan in East Lansing on uh, Friday night the 1st. Again, go to theintentionallife.com and uh, click the events there, and you'll find all the information you need to get your tickets and get that spot reserved uh, before they're gone. Okay, do it today. Looking forward to seeing you in just a few weeks. I've gone through about two years ago. Depression kind of hit me out of nowhere, and we all know that many Americans suffer from that. And um, one thing that I've done, one thing I've learned is um, don't go where you are easily comforted as far as, you know, some people, you know, turn to eating a lot of food. Some people turn to, you know, entertainment to kind of numb down that thought process. And so, you know, a lot of people get this, you know, they get upset with their state and they feel like they're missing out in life. One thing I've learned since I've been going through, and this is now going on two years, but I have felt, I feel great. The one thing that you can do is every morning, you know, before you grab your phone, grab the Bible, you know. Grab the Bible, stay in Scripture. After that, get on your knees, and that way you are automatically, you know, filled with God and mm. His Word. Mm. Boy, that's a great way. You know, we th- we think about taking responsibility, and if we take responsibility by saying, "I, I just I'm going to take responsibility for what I put into my head, what I put in my heart," and begin this year with that kind of intentional passion, man, that that's a powerful thing. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Eddie, for your call from uh, Tennessee. You can uh, give us a call, try to get through here at 888 uh, We're kind of lingering a little bit around the Kaylee's call. She started the program today, if you missed it. And she was talking about young married couple and her husband's choosing to use the D word, divorce. She said even on their wedding day or the next day, divorce becomes an immediate kind of way of responding to hurt and Boy, if we can deal with this, one of the most damaging things we can do in a marriage is to, to not throttle and take control of the words. And some of you wanted to respond to that. In fact, Kathy called from Arizona, I think relates to that topic. Kathy, welcome to Intentional Living. Hi. Hi there. Is this something that happened in your marriage? Yeah, in the first few years of my marriage, I used to threaten divorce whenever we'd have a fight or things seemed to be going wrong. And somehow the Lord just helped me to see that I was hurting him, and I really didn't want to mm. divorce. Why did you think you said it then? Um, the only thing I can think of is that my first husband left me for another woman, and I was afraid. Oh. So it became a defense mechanism, kind of a defensive way of handling, you're not going to hurt me, I can hurt you more than you can hurt me kind of a thing. Kind of, just yeah. more fear than anything, I think. So what, what caused it to come to an end? Because he's a really gentle, loving person, and I realized I was hurting him and that it was wrong. Mm. And um, now we've been married almost 22 years, and we're very close and very happy. Mm, Good for you. So was there a point, did you get into counseling? Did you come to a point of saying, hey, we're going to get rid of the D word, divorce word in our marriage? Just get rid of it. I didn't have to go to counseling. You just said, that's it, we're done with that. Yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, because you know if you'd have stayed on that course, probably how you would have ended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. How long have you been married, did you say? Almost 22 years. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you he's for sharing that. And I, th- I think it'll help others too, Kathy, because 
it's so easy to fall back into a pattern when we, we feel hurt to be defensive and then go for the major the major blow. Of course, that's the big one, the big D word, you know, in marriage. Yeah, so. right. All right. Well, thank you, and Happy New Year. You too. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Uh, maybe you want to weigh in on all this. Uh, someone wants to talk about Kathy, who uh, or had Mary's call, um, struggling with her daughter, who was she was feeling kind of out of the loop there. And uh, Amanda's on the line. We're going to get to her in a moment. You can join us at triple eight triple eight seventeen seventeen to be a part of the program today. I'd love to have you join us. Amanda is in Arizona. Hi. You wanted to relate to Mary struggling with her daughter, huh? Both, uh, both of them, because I've had a, a bit of both of those stories with the divorce and the children, the daughters. Hmm. What have you learned? And, and I, I've learned basically that the things that happened to me, I was not there for my children. So um, due to some insinuating circumstances of choices that I made, and I, for a long time, blamed God and, and then got, became to realize that it's my choices. God didn't mm. do them to me. However, I've learned that God has used those choices. Now that I'm drawing closer to him, he can use those choices to help other people who are attempting to make those choices. But with listening to these two stories this morning, you know, um, not being a part of my kids' life, I've I've had the same experience where they're calling somebody else mom or, you know, and and for a long time I fought for it. I fought for it, you know, and I I pushed myself on them. And I've learned, thanks to Jesus Christ coming into my life and, and changing it, that, you know, I have to step back and let them come to me but do my part. Mm-hmm. and be consistent in what I'm doing with them, not give them what they want, not be a friend, but be a mom. And they're, they're coming to me now, you know, and, and it was hard because I had already abandoned them in my eyes. So, and in theirs, uh, no, they, well, I had an, I had an ex that didn't get along with my youngest daughter's dad, but they were taken from me because I was homeless and mm-hmm. then I became addicted and so um, God had to remove all that. I, I had to lean on him to remove all that for me. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I was able to let go of my daughter, So, but worked as they, they needed me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, and I think what you've done, Amanda, is you, you, you did a very important thing intentionally. You turned, you turned that frustration or hurt or all of those things in your life and just it took responsibility. Hey, I blew it I, and I, there's a price to be paid here, but I'm going to move forward starting today. And I think it's a good way, even if we start this new year to realize that we can start this new year intentionally. And so thank you for sharing that. Appreciate it. If you're going through marital problems, I think you have to focus on the other person and not on what you're feeling, especially if you're a sensitive person like myself. John's intentional one thing, placing his wife's needs above his own, saved their marriage. When I started to show my wife love and understanding and kindness, she wondered what was going on. You know, where's this coming from, this guy who I was fighting with for so long? And she wanted what I had, what we used to have, what we had at the beginning of our relationship, those very same things, the joy, the love, the sharing, the kindness. That's what I showed her. That's what she responded to, and that's what saved our marriage. One thing you can do to overcome hurt and strengthen your marriage is to place your spouse's needs before your own. 
Take the Intentional One Thing Challenge and discover the one thing you can do to start living intentionally. Visit theintentionallife.com slash one thing. My name is John and this is My Intentional Life. You know, uh, we started the show today talking about the question, are you really experiencing God's intention for your marriage? And as a result of your answer, which in many cases will be no, and it may be in some area of your marriage, it might be physical or financial, it may be spiritual, you can today begin a journey of the power of one thing for 30 days to take on one thing. Maybe that you're going to encourage your spouse every day. Maybe it's going to be you're praying for your spouse every day. Maybe it's agreeing together to set a budget and you're going to follow it for the next 30 days. I don't know what that one thing is, but I promise you, if you take the passion and the decision to do one thing for 30 days for your marriage, it's going to radically impact your relationship. And that's the power of doing the next right one thing. You know, I just want to say how much I appreciate those of you who have been praying for us as we start this new year. We need your help financially. And this will be the first time I've mentioned it, but for Intentional Living, the uh, prayer journal that's been put together by our team is available to you. It'll be a great resource in 2024 as you journal your prayer life and make that your one thing and let God really move in your life spiritually in this area. Your best gift to help us continue the ministry, please be generous. We need your help. Just go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. And thank you for standing with us in support of this powerful message uh, to the world today. All right, you know, we uh, we want to hear from Sharon, who has a comment about uh, threatening divorce. Sharon, uh, welcome to the program. Yes, I am here. You know, I can identify with that young lady because it's so unfortunate that it wasn't my husband who wanted a divorce. It was me Mm. because he was doing things I did not like and I could not change him. I tried to change him. I couldn't change him. So the easiest thing for me to say, you know something, I don't have to do this. I want a divorce. Mm. I love him. He loves me. He said, you don't want a divorce. Once he's married, he's married. He's not going to get divorced. So for me, knowing that I love him and he loves me, I pray to God. I don't try to change him anymore. Hmm. I just change me. I pray to God, change me. Let me be a better wife, a better mother, the person you want me to be, not who I want to be, what you want me to be. And right now, I could not ask for a better husband. I could not ask for a better relationship. He's loving, he's kind, that he used to do that get me really upset, like in our finances. He don't do that anymore. Interesting. Do you think he changed as a result of you getting off of his case, as it were? No. no. A lot of times, I don't think so. It's God who changes. Mm. Because me being on his case didn't make a difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It didn't phase him. So you got out of the way and let God do his work in, in your husband's life and changed your attitude and mind. Trust God. Just work on me, God. And I trust you to work on him. Because it, the thing is, is we try to change people. We cannot change anybody. The only person we can ask God to help us to change is ourselves. Exactly. And when you do that, you know when you do that, Sharon, we talk about things that successful people do. 
uh, this month, and that's one of the things they do. They take responsibility for themselves, and you simply said, hey, enough of this. I, it's threatening divorce or bringing up divorce. You change your mind, your heart, you let God do a work, and in your case, it turned out to be a very positive thing. How long ago was that that you had that kind of revelation to say, hey, I'm going to give my husband to God and, and just love him? How long ago was that? Because both of us were Christians, both of us are Christians, but I was always telling him the way I see yeah. a Christian live their life, that's not the way. Yeah, so you became the Holy Spirit. Like, How long ago was we, that? Um, we've been married from 2012, so it was like early in our marriage, uh-huh. early. You know, because he, was, he wasn't here, so I get him in the country, and after we get here, I knew him then, but I'm like, God, is this really the person, <laughs> you know? Mm. But after, you know, because a lot of times, you know, it takes time to know somebody. Mm. Well, that's true. Hey, Sharon, thank you for your call. Glad to hear it. So 2012, you've said, hey, our marriage is different. You think, now, wait a minute. Does that really happen? What I've discovered... And watching it, I had a chance, because of the perch that I have in life, I get a chance to see thousands of marriages. And I have seen God do an amazing thing when we change our own minds toward our spouse. Now, let me be clear. There are times you have to confront issues, and there are things that have to be addressed. But that's not coming out of criticism or gossiping or blaming. It's, it's what I call, in my book, Star for Affection, active respect, holding a spouse accountable in a respectful, positive way with the intention of making the marriage work. And uh, that's really what it is. This is Wendy. My story on intentional living is that my husband and I have been married just a few months shy of 30 years. We have five children who are all now 20 and over. They're uh, seven years apart. So it was tough going and we've been financially strapped for most of it. Um, His plant closed a couple years ago, so he went months without a job, many months. And that was very hard. I was lost for much of 14 years. Anyway, we've reached the emptiness syndrome where even though a lot of our children are still at home, they have lives of their own and they don't, you know, they don't need us in the same way. They don't want us in the same way. And we're left to each other and find we have no marriage. So my intention is, day by day, even though we have really negative history, is to make the best of our marriage and make it something very godly, that God would give me love for Him, because He deserves to be loved. Why? Because He is my husband, and He's the head of our home. And that is, although it's very difficult, given our circumstances, that is my intention every day. Thank you for this opportunity to share. Hey, listen, thank you for your story. I was thinking that you made that comment about, you know, making the best of your marriage. And I don't want to, I don't want to oversimplify what could be a complex issues going on in your relationship. But can I encourage you as you move through this year, you change the wording from making the best of it. That's sort of getting, getting by or getting along to change it to we're going to make our marriage the best. And I know that sounds like a subtle difference, but it's a powerful difference and uh, it can change your life. So thank you, Wendy, for sharing that with us. And we hope you guys will be both very intentional. You can have a huge turnaround. This is a different stage in life. And we know that empty nest can bring out all the bad, bad things that didn't get dealt with earlier in the relationship. And we'll be praying for you. And and I'm glad you're part of the Intentional Living listening audience. Uh, You're making this a priority every day to, to allow this message to come through and encourage you. Thanks for sharing that. 
Hey, as we wrap up today, I want to say thanks again to everybody for our, uh, for your support. Thanks to Stephen Davis for his uh, leadership, and uh, I'm glad to be a part of your life as well. And we'll be back together again next time for Intentional Living.